just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my, uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's always doubt with us every year. It's like, oh, well, the Saints can't do this because something or, you know, Drew's gone and it. I, I don't, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't care. And I'm coming in every year thinking we're going to beat the shit. What up? Welcome back to Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media. I'm Jacob Krasnow, alongside my trusty co-host, Sean Haspel. Uh, Allison would like to be with us tonight. So it's just the boys, uh, and we also have no notes. So this is going to be off the cuff, and anything could happen. We're unsupervised, so buckle up. It's going to get weird. Yeah. Weird, uh, weird like the Saints' Sunday night victory over the Bucks. Yes, you know, uh, we we just like the Saints and uh, the win column. We took a bit of a hiatus. Um, I, I know the five of you listening right now really, really missed our our our, our, our uh, dulcet tones and hot takes um, on uh, our beloved black and gold. But uh, you know, sometimes. Uh, life gets a little crazy and, uh, I, I, I promise you guys, we did not stop potting because the team was bad for a month and a month plus. Um, we, we, we tend to get caught up this year, I guess, in like the, how boring the team is and how bad the offense looks. And it, the five game losing streak was pretty fucking terrible. Um, and it reminded me a lot of like the seven and nine seasons when, the defense was bad and the offense was good. And, but, like, I think Sunday's win against the Bucks was a pretty stark reminder of, like, like who cares about, like, the stats and, like, all that stuff. Like, a win is a win is a win. And I don't know. We should just be grateful <laughs> that we have, like, a team that matters and is good and, like – I think what strikes me the most about like the difference between the Bucks and the Saints is that like we're a team with grit that will win like no matter what, you know, like we've gone through three quarters. Yeah. We've actually beaten the Bucks with three different quarterbacks this season, if you count <laughs> Jameis and Simeon and, and Taysom Hill. And like right. we're a team with character that like has something to play for. And like we're not gonna get petulant and break a Microsoft Surface tablet when things go wrong. Like five game losing streak be damned. We're going to walk into the belly of the beast in Tampa and absolutely kick the asses of the defending Super Bowl champions. And yeah. like, we should just enjoy it and be grateful. And like, who gives a shit that like our receivers are not any better than like a drunk fan tailgating under the Claiborne overpass. Like, enjoy the ride because it's short. Right. And, like, <laughs> this team might make the playoffs. So, like, we should savor every single moment of it. For sure, man. I mean, uh, it's, like, our community's love for this team that, like, really binds us together, you know, and, and uh, like, makes acquaintances out of total strangers and, and like, lifelong friends out of acquaintances. And it's that uh, that human connection that i mean and especially in like times like this when like sense of like our collective a collective sense of community is like maybe arguably weaker than it ever has been um 
just man, it's the things that like bring us together, like the saints that just kind of make life worth living, you know? And uh, it's obviously not like life or death stuff that we're talking about, but um, I don't know. It's just like looking for the small joys in life that uh, remind us like what's so great about this whole human experience to begin with. But um, we beat the bucks and we're 500 and have a chance to, uh, like a better than 50 50 chance to make the playoffs now. So um, that's pretty exciting. Um, what were your thoughts about witnessing arguably the greatest defensive performance in Saints history? Yeah, like I don't think it's hyperbole to say that that was the greatest defensive performance in the history of the franchise. When you consider that John Payton wasn't coaching, we didn't have our starting tackles, we have yeah. no receivers. Uh, Taysom Hill has nine fingers. Like we just went out there and absolutely like dominated them. And we took Godwin out for the year and like Fournette and, and Mike Evans got hurt. Like, you know, I don't wish like injury upon them, but like we of course we not. Could have potentially like ruined their like Super Bowl chances. Yeah. Um, but right. yeah, it is. Like, I don't care that, like, it was an ugly win. It was immensely satisfying to watch Tom Brady melt down like a two-year-old on the sideline. It was it was pretty incredible, to be honest. Um, man. And, like, I don't know if you've been on Twitter much in the last couple of days, in football Twitter, but, like, you see, you see, like, all these Bucks fans saying that we were, like, the bounty program is back and we were, like, diving at everybody's knees all the time. Like, first of all, like, no, we weren't. And like, I'm sorry that you guys got hurt, but um, I don't know if you remember in some of our first pods when we were espousing our ideals on the Bucks uh, Super Bowl last year being a, a, a fraudulent uh, fake Fugazi. Um, they had they benefited uh, and rode to a championship. Ultimately, the best injury luck in the NFL last year. And yeah. it sure seems like they're regressing to the mean um, right now. Yeah. So uh, I like, I, I'm sorry that like Chris Godwin's out of the year. I'm sorry that they have some other injuries, but like it's welcome to like how the rest of us live, you know? And like, sorry, Tom Brady doesn't have three all pros to throw the ball to right now. Um, or I guess to hand off to, you know, just like welcome to see how everyone else lives. So yeah, life is hard um, when all your players get hurt, as we well know. Right, right. I don't. I don't know if like any Saints receivers would even start for the Bucks. So like that's how bad our receivers are. <laughs> like, yeah, their like fourth receiver would probably right. start for us. Like they're <laughs> like if, right. if we had OJ Howard, he would be yeah, number one. What a joke! Like, oh. um, God, it was just. It's such a fulfilling game, man. Um, like, it really was. Like the it, offense it was, like was, weird, was. It was like a fantasy, like a weird fantasy yeah. that we would like talk about as a hypothetical that we never would believe would happen. And like, of course, as soon as we kick the first field goal, we're all you know discussing amongst ourselves, like, "Well, we can't win just by kicking field goals," but then we did, and like Brady was absolutely helpless. Right. Yeah. That Right. That was kind of like the theme of the, the whole game. It's like, oh, like you can't kick field goals and beat Tom Brady. 
but then we did kick field goals and beat Tom Brady. So, um, man, uh, yeah, we just, just like survive in advance, you know, I mean, in my head, I like, I had honestly chalked this game to a loss and like, okay, so we just, we'll need to win, uh, our last three games, finish nine and eight. And then, you know, we'll have a decent chance of the playoffs, but, um, Oh, sure looks like the Eagles are turning it over. Uh, oh, Jalen Hurts has thrown two interceptions now. Or no, excuse me, a fumble, which is good for the Saints and my fantasy team. Mm. This is excellent. Yes, the agenda my fantasy is pleased. Team, my fantasy um, team. Yeah, if for, so I will not be discussing fantasy any longer on the podcast. But I'm rooting for you. Okay. No, no more fantasy talk. But... Yeah, well, uh, re- regardless, um, the uh, uh, just for whoever's listening right now, we're recording this on on Tuesday night, and so the two uh, two COVID rescheduled games are on right now. We've got um, uh, Seahawks versus Rams and Eagles versus the football team. And most pressingly for the Saints, we really need the football team to beat the Eagles. I think we should also be rooting for. Uh, honestly, probably rooting for the Rams to beat Seattle. Uh, in my head, at least, the every loss that Seattle takes this year pushes Russell Wilson one inch closer out the door and perhaps one inch closer to being the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints uh, very soon. So um, every little bit helps. Um, so I hope you guys will consider sending your rooting energy in those um, respective directions. Yes, we must manifest uh, a total uh, uh, tearing down of the regime in Seattle. So Russell Wilson will bolt. Yeah, I saw a, okay. So I know we don't really have an agenda right now. We're kind of free balling everything, but um, one kind of hypothetical, I believe I maybe floated to you earlier this week was, what is the most you would reasonably give up for Russell Wilson in a trade this offseason? Um, mm. And I, I, yeah, I know it's an, it's an interesting thought uh, to kind of to as a, a benchmark. I saw a Pro Football Focus article that um, kind of laid out some uh, very intriguing trades, like the five most intriguing potential trades this upcoming offseason, and they listed Russell Wilson to the Saints as one of them, and the projected compensation was. Our first this year, our second this year, our first next year, and a third next year. Which oh my god, I, I would do I would that trade do that. in an instant. Yes, in a heartbeat. Um, I don't know, like it's such a reasonable price that I don't know if they're not just like totally off base there. But I mean, like Pro Football Focus isn't some like random fan blog like they somewhat know what they're talking about so oh matthew stafford just threw a pick to my boy quandre Diggs. hook him um that's cool but uh yeah so if that is like what is being discussed i do that in an absolute heartbeat holy shit the dude the football team like garrett gilbert is starting for them right now um oh my god he's still a person yeah, I think he was on the Patriots practice squad. Uh, hey, that's Super Bowl champion Garrett Gilbert to you. And they're about to go up 14-0 um, after two Jalen Hurts turnovers. And 
he just dropped a friggin dime to uh what's his name number 17 the good Terry McLaurin. McLaurin yeah right over uh right behind uh Darius Slay so uh Yas Queen Slay but uh yeah man so like I don't know what 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 are your thoughts on a, on a potential trade for Russ I've been mentally preparing myself for the asking price to be four first round draft picks that, that seems to be like what people are talking about in terms of Deshaun Watson and like he's not that much younger than Russ is. Well, I guess he's maybe like five or six years younger, yeah. but like you're talking about a Super Bowl winning quarterback who has a long and storied history of success. Yeah. Like he's going to, they're going to ask for like everything they think they can possibly get. Yeah. Um, I would say they'll probably ask for like at least three, probably four first rounders. Mm. And then that'll, you know, probably get negotiated down unless some team is willing to do that. But I would, I would give up four first round picks. I would give up our next four first rounders, you know, because we're assuming that he's going to come in and like lead us to the promised land. So then like who gives a shit about right. the immediate future uh, through the draft? Right. Um, maybe we'd have to like throw in a player if we wanted to keep some of the picks. Mm. Um, that, that is where things would probably get hairy for us because yeah. we don't like, we're not going to give up a, one of the tackles if we bring back both of them. Like if we bring up Mac Armstead, I don't think we would trade him um, because like the left tackle is really hard to replace. And then like, if they want to ask for a defensive player, then you run the risk of, destroying the defense's chemistry and like as of now like we, we've discussed this a little bit privately like we're not like super worried about the future of the team because the defense is like still pretty young and almost all of them are still under contract so like would you really want to break up the band i feel like that would do more harm than good yeah i totally agree there i think i did read though that you are not allowed to trade three more than three years worth of first round picks in a single trade. Um, well, I'm an idiot then. Well, no, uh, you're not because that doesn't stop teams like the Giants who are who have been included via reports that um, Russ is at least open to going to doesn't stop them from trading multiple picks within a year. So they could, they could trade three of their own first round picks, three years worth of their first round picks, plus the first round pick or two that they acquired in one of their recent trades. So um, yeah. So that, so the bottom line is that, so we can't be we can't provide the best package for Russ, unfortunately, um, or for the Seahawks to get Russ. But I mean, we kind of like, need to hope that he forces their hand, right? It's it, the 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 fact that we've been included in his lists via like multiple reports, like the reports that initially came out last summer, and then the most recent reports. Uh, I think it was by Jordan Schultz who. Uh, it's like guess the heir to the Starbucks fortune, which is like kind of a Random. weird media credential. Um, but, uh, he, but, but that is to say that he's very plugged in, in the Seattle 
uh, scene and um, is not just some random jabroni uh, per reports. Um, and so we're, Russ is at least interested in us and he has no trade clause. So he does have some measure of control over where he would want to go. Um, I don't know like how much hardball he would be willing to play with the organization. If like he say, I'm only going to waive it for like one team. And like, if he really would make the organization take an objectively worse offer, because it would be a better landing spot for him. Um, but that would have to be like our hope. So, um, but we'll see. I don't know. And like, I think we talked about it on last pod, like there's obviously a lot of moving pieces that would have to happen for Russ to be our starter next year. But um, a more perhaps realistic um, scenario would maybe be, like running it back with Jameis, you know, and uh, hopefully. Yeah. 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 So I think that's the most likely scenario is that he comes back on another one year deal. Right. Um, you know, given his knee rehab goes well, if it doesn't, then his knee hab. Yeah. The knee hab needs to go well. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I, I did want to bring up um, was a, a rant that your dad <laughs> your, your dad went on when I saw him a few weeks ago. Yeah. About how he thinks there's something wrong with the Saints medical staff. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah I've heard this one. Yeah. I know. I know you kind of like roll your eyes at it, but I don't think he's like that off base. I mean, we know that there's, they've had issues with the Oshner staff before. They like misdiagnosed um, Delvin Bro's broken leg and it basically ended his NFL career. Yeah. And then. Before that, there were some issues with uh, Keenan Lewis, who if people don't remember was like a stud cornerback who basically lasted like one year, and then he had he had like a core muscle surgery that like didn't take, and it ruined his career. And like yeah. he s- claims he sued them. He's gone on like social media rants, and you know, fast forward to like this season, like we have like uh, just an insane number of injuries. And what's weird about a lot of them is that like players like Ramchek and like Alvin Kamara have missed like three plus weeks and they haven't gone on the injured reserve list. Mm. And it makes you wonder like, is the, are they healing the way that the team thinks they are will, or like, is something going on? Like what, what is happening? And like Sean Payton doesn't give us any information. So right. Like, it kind of leaves the door open for like, you know, Monday morning quarterbacks who want to question the credentials of the medical staff and retired Coldstone creamery owners um, yeah. who play amateur uh, sports injury uh, critic. Um, but I really, yeah, I really don't, I don't know, man. Um, uh I, I, after I was party to one of these uh, Saints injury rants, I actually did a little digging because I, I remembered reading that Scotty Patton, who was a Saints trainer for a long time, um, he retired a few years ago. And I think that's when they promoted that. Uh, I don't know if you recognize the name, Bo Lowry, who was, he was like Scotty's right hand man. And then he was promoted to the head job. Then LSU poached him, actually before I don't remember if it was before this season or before last season. 
And so the head trainer now is this guy that they got from, I want to say maybe the, either the Bengals or the Jaguars or someone like some, it was, I don't remember who it is. And I'm sorry that I'm unprepared uh, for this take, but uh, it was definitely a team about the name of our athletic trainer. They do. They do. Um, But he, he, I remember reading that he came from a team that was like, not exactly a like bastion of success in in the NFL. Um, And again, like, I mean, is that the trainer's fault? Like who knows? And like, I don't think like the saints aren't like freaking dummies. They're not going to go out and like purposely hire like a trainer with uh, like not a great reputation, but um, for like some unknown reason, but um, I don't know. Just, I mean, you, you gotta, gotta question it. But that being said, I mean, I know. So I feel like it would be interesting to see like, all the injuries we've had this year. I I don't know if in terms of just like pure quantity that it's like some unprecedented, like pestilence level extinction event. That's like unprecedented in saints history or like maybe even league history, even though it feels like it, I think it feels like it because it's for whatever reason, like, the injury bug has bitten us at like the worst, like the most strategically painful positions in players. Like our off our like offensive tackles, our number one receiver, obviously our, our starting quarterback and um, just like extreme pain points. And um, I don't know it almost like, it, it might feel it like feels worse and the impact is greater because they are respectively all great players at very important positions. But I don't know if there's any actual data beyond the gut feeling of my dad and like some other Saints fans that like there's evidence, like the, the results suggest that they, there's evidence that are like, team-wide training practices and, and injury prevention and mitigation and diagnosis and process is like fundamentally flawed now more so than it like has been. So, you know, like I, I, it's fun to like speculate about, well, I don't know. Fun's not the right word, but it's, it is good podcast fodder. It is great podcast fodder. So, um, and so, and here, and here we are foddering away on a podcast, but yeah, I mean, there's, um, there's, uh, I mean, yeah, like there's, I, I think I, I, I don't disagree with you, yeah, but I do think that there might be something there. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like some like Underhill type who yeah. publishes like a muckraking article in like a few years that are medical staff is like incompetent i mean you know it's not like team or players from other teams like traveled to new orleans to see like the oshner surgeon you know like that's true i was a little shocked that Jameis went to uh went to curlin job which is the uh like the rams um sports doctor mm-hmm. um Orthopedist, that's the word I'm looking for. They're the orthopedic group in Los Angeles. Yeah. You do like the Olympic teams and the Rams and uh, like LAFC and uh, and me, actually. I've been there as well. <laughs> uh, they don't care about me because I'm not an athlete. But like, 
yeah, I don't know. It was weird. He went to the West Coast and like not anybody on the Gulf Coast for that knee surgery. And yeah. I mean that, that was a little weird. But I, that you know, he wants the best, I guess. I mean, yeah, like that I that doesn't bother me. I mean, these guys like these these doctors in the sports medicine world like have reputations like if you have a groin, you go to Philly. If you like do this, you go to the other guy. So um I mean, like James Andrews is obviously like the knee guy. And I mean, he happens to be located on the Gulf Coast. But um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I get what you're saying, but um, like, I, I'm also not ready to say that like, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, auctioner is like some like civil war style, like amputation chop house. So um, <laughs> they're, they're giving a, you know, they, they put leeches in people's ears. Yeah. Purify right. their blood. Right. 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 They're on the cutting edge of <laughs> antebellum medicine. <laughs> Man. Oh my God. Okay. So one other thing, cause I know you have to go soon. One other thing <sighs> that I wanted to bring up, cause we, we are obligated to talk about this. Yes. Home team. Yeah. Sean Payton. Netflix movie starring Kevin James and produced by Happy Madison, AKA the Adam Sandler people. Right. Um, we're in a weird position with this movie. Um, it's already being like memed by saints Twitter and like everybody's freaking out about it. Um, but I don't know how much we can say because I worked on the film. Um, as mm -hmm. our listener listeners or all five or 10 of them or whatever. No, I yeah my day job is working in film production and I worked on that movie. Um, and I was privy to uh, a lot of the physical production and, you know, <laughs> I can't really talk about it. I uh, feel like I need to exercise some discretion for the uh, sake of very, my career, but I will say, hush, hush. yeah, I am excited about it and I have nothing but good things to say about Mr. Kevin James. Yeah, man. Um, I obviously like uh, got some uh, updates here and there from you while you were on on set uh, working in the dog days of the uh, hot New Orleans summer uh, with a bunch of uh, teenage uh, Pee Wee football players um, and uh, making that making that movie happen. And um, it's it's I mean it's no offense I don't think it's gonna win any Oscars, but I think we're all excited to see it as as Saints fans. It'll it'll be fun. And I mean. Um, we all like love Adam Sandler, or at least on this podcast, we're a big Adam Sandler, uh, fan. So, um, yeah, man, uh, that whole, uh, that whole adventure will be, will be a good one. Yeah. I'm excited. Everybody <laughs> needs to watch it. Yes. Yes. Go, go watch the movie, download it, like it, talk about it, make all your friends watch it and, uh, definitely look for my name in the credits. Um, all right. Well, do you have a Hornitos ad read tonight for us? Yeah, uh, you know, Hornitos tequila. It's the tequila for when uh, you get shut out for the first time at home in a long time by a bunch of scrappy uh, scrappy uh, New Orleans Saints defenders who uh, come into your house and kick your ass. Drink some Hornitos tequila. Hornitos tequila. Yeah, if you're the, the, poor, uh, the poor Microsoft Surface uh marketing guys who saw your product get uh, destroyed on national television by a petulant quarterback you know hornitos is the tequila for you we'll uh hopefully be with you guys every week down the stretch of this this season as our as our saints uh 
scratch and claw to see if they can make their way into this uh, wild and wacky NFC playoff field. But uh, no matter what happens, uh, we'll, we'll be here cheering uh, every step of the way. So uh, take it away, Jacob. Yep. For Sean Haspel, I'm Jacob Krasnow. This has been Black and Gold BS. Uh, Matt, we love you. And uh, in the words of uh, Annabelle Gatto from Mobile Suit Gundam 0083 Stardust Memory. His favorite. Nation, we have returned. <laughs> Who that, baby? Who that? <laughs>